Okay, so the word that I have for you today is about the power of the blood of Jesus. Okay, so this is a word that will really give life to all of us as we listen to this and, and as I share this. Um, the blood of Jesus is really powerful and it cleanses our conscience, it sets us free, um, it saves us from sin, it saves us from darkness and it cleanses our consciences. Okay, so let's go to Isaiah 53 verse 4 it says surely he has borne our griefs sicknesses weaknesses and distresses and carried our sorrows and pains of punishment yet we considered him stricken smitten and afflicted by god he was wounded for our transgressions he was bruised for our guilt and iniquities um, the chastisement needful to obtain peace and well-being for us was upon him and with the stripes that wounded him we are healed and made whole okay so jesus was punished for us to have life okay so he he took he took all of the sin of the whole world upon himself um so that whoever believes in him can have everlasting life okay so why why blood well in the law uh everything was sanctified by means of blood and so they had sacrifices. So they had um, something called a scapegoat that, um, that they would, the sins of the world, uh, of the people, would, would sort of come upon that animal which was considered to be sort of innocent. Okay? Uh, and, and the people sort of received that innocence. Okay? So they were uh, forgiven for another year or for another season. And so, um, so that is the significance of the sacrifice. So there were sacrifices given, but, um, but they couldn't clear the consciences of the worshippers. Okay, so uh, there was a greater sacrifice needed, and not just in the natural system, but um, Jesus actually went into the heavenly reality of the Holy of Holies, and he shed his blood on the mercy seat. So the mercy seat is the cover that was on the Ark of the Covenant. So you had the Ark of the Covenant with the law inside and the rod of Aaron which budded and the pot of manna. And then it had the cover on top and it, that was the mercy seat. And then you had the, the two cherubim uh, symbols of God's glory um, overshadowing the, the mercy seat. Okay? And, that also speaks about a spiritual reality which is in Christ, which is a place called there um, that um, Prophet Gubbis von Reinsberg talks about, about us dwelling in the secret place of the Most High under the shadow of His wings. Okay, so it speaks about a protection. But it says, so what happened is they had, they had to bring blood and place it on the mercy seat. And, uh, and then there would be a response from God and if it was accepted, then um, the, the nation's sins would be forgiven for another year. Okay, so that is the role of a sacrifice in, in the life of Israel in that time and then also what Jesus came to do for us. But what Jesus did is he didn't just do it and uh, do like, he didn't come in the natural um, and just brought a natural sacrifice. He went into the heavenly realities of what I, I said of the Ark of the Covenant, of the Holy of Holies and the Cherubim and the Mercy Seat, which is in heaven. And, um, 
and he shed his blood there and so now he's forever making intercession for us there okay so his blood is powerful it speaks mercy and not judgment okay so let's see here it's in hebrews if you want to read about hebrews and jesus being our high priest and um about righteousness by faith and all of that you can you can really check out the book of hebrews it's really awesome okay hebrews 9 verse 11 it says but that appointed time came when christ the messiah appeared as a high priest of the better things that have come and are to come then through the greater and more perfect tabernacle not made with human hands that is not a part of this material creation he went once for all into the holy of holies of heaven not by virtue of the blood of goats and calves by which to make reconciliation between god and man but his own blood having found and secured a complete redemption and everlasting release for us for if the mere sprinkling of unholy defiled persons with the blood of goats and bulls and with the ashes of a burnt heifer is sufficient for the purification of the body how much more surely shall the blood of christ who by virtue of his eternal spirit his own pre-existent divine personality has offered himself as an unblemished sacrifice to God purify our consciences from dead works and lifeless observances to serve the ever living God okay so and it says verse 15 Christ the messiah is therefore the negotiator uh, and mediator of an entire new agreement testament covenant so that those who are called and offered it may receive the fulfillment of the promised everlasting inheritance since a death has taken place which rescues and delivers and redeems them from the transgressions committed under the old first agreement okay so jesus came he was a perfect sacrifice and when you look at uh, verse 16 it says for there uh, where there is a lost will and testament involved the death of the one who made it must be established so jesus died and he left us a testament for a will is testament and valid and takes effect only at death uh, at death since it has no force or legal power as long as the one who made it is alive okay so jesus had to die but then he was also resurrected but at that death he released the inheritance okay so he says so even the old first covenant was not inaugurated and ratified and put in force without the shedding of blood okay, so the old testament the the old covenant came through the shedding of blood so moses um well it's in the next verse he says for when every command of the law had been read by moses to all the people he took out the blood he took the blood of slain calves and goats together with water and scarlet wool and with a bunch of hyssop and sprinkled both the book the roll of the law and covenant itself and all the people saying these words this is the blood that seals and ratifies the agreement which god commanded me to deliver it to you okay so um so the law was inaugurated with blood and it says and in the same way he sprinkled with blood both the tabernacle and the sacred vessels and appliances used in divine worship and it says verse 22 in fact under the law almost everything is purified by means of blood 
and without the shedding of blood, there is neither release from sin and its guilt, nor the remission of the due and merited punishment for sins. Okay. So it says, by such means, therefore, it was necessarily for the earthly copies of the heavenly things to be purified. But the actual heavenly things themselves requires far better and nobler sacrifices than these. Okay, so under the law, everything, almost everything was purified by means of blood. And it says also that the heavenly copies um, also, by such means, uh, would be... Um, to be purified, okay? But the actually heavenly, uh, heavenly things themselves required far better and nobler sacrifices than these. So there was a, there was a greater sacrifice needed that, what, that, was, that Israel gave in the natural. It says, For Christ has not entered into a sanctuary made with human hands, only a copy and pattern and type of the true one, but he has entered into heaven itself, now to appear in the very presence of God on our behalf. Okay? Um, and then it says he didn't go in again and again and again because he's eternal. Um, he, he didn't need to, like as the other priests, go in once a year to bring a sacrifice. Okay, it says in verse 28, it says, Even so, it is that Christ, having been offered to take upon himself and bear as burdens the sins of many, once and once for all, will appear a second time, not to carry the burden of sin, nor to deal with sin, but to bring to full salvation those who are eagerly, constantly and patiently waiting for and expecting Him. Okay, so the blood of Jesus cleanses us. Now if you look at Hebrews 10, verse... Um, verse 2, it says, uh, well, 10 verse 1, we can say, For since the law was merely a rude outline of the good things to come, instead of fully expressing those things, it can never, by offering the same sacrifices, continually, year after year, make perfect those who approach his altars. So, there wasn't a sufficient sacrifice to bring perfection to the people. It says in verse 2, For if it were otherwise, would not these have stopped being offered? Okay, so if they have been made perfect, then the sacrifices would not need to be continuously offered. Since the worshippers had once for all been cleansed, they would no longer have any guilt or consciousness of sin. Okay, so it didn't work under the law, but that's what happened under grace. The blood of Jesus cleansed our consciences, and when we have faith in that blood, we need not have any guilt or consciousness of sin. But as it is, these sacrifices annually bring a fresh remembrance of sins to be atoned for. This continually, continual sacrifices brings a fresh remembrance of sins. And, and that's the same thing I can say with confession. Is, um, it's something that can help you, but it's not a condition for forgiveness. The blood of Jesus and faith in the blood of Jesus is what forgives us, okay? what, what, what causes us to receive forgiveness. But when we share with God our hearts, things we feel ashamed about, things we feel condemned about, um, or He gives us someone that can help us, um, but they are not our judges, God is our judges. So it's not, a, if we see it as a, a, a thing we need to do every time um, to get our conscience clear, it's actually law, it's not grace. 
Okay, so, um, so we do it out of relationship with God, not as a sacrifice. So we're not doing it as a sacrifice to be forgiven. We are forgiven, and that's enough. Okay, but it's something that can help us to bring things into the light, bring things into God's presence. But this continual um, sacrifice actually just brings awareness of sin, okay, instead of just taking it away and receiving the forgiveness. Okay, I hope that helps you. It says, And in accordance with this will of God, we have been made holy, consecrated and sanctified through the offering made once for all of the body of Jesus Christ. So we have been made holy, not by our works, but through the offering. It says in verse 14, But for by a single offering, He has forever completely cleansed and perfected those who are consecrated and made holy. Verse 19, it says, Therefore, brethren, since we have full freedom and confidence to enter into the Holy of Holies by the power and virtue in the blood of Jesus, by the fresh, this fresh, new and living way, which initiated and dedicated and opened for us through the separating curtain, the veil of the Holy of Holies, that is through His flesh. Okay, so by the blood of Jesus, we have confidence by power and virtue in the blood of Jesus to enter the Holy of Holies. And that is where Jesus brought the sacrifice. Okay, so we have access through the body of Jesus that was broken, through the blood of Jesus that was shed. So Jesus crucified is... He's the door for us to enter into the Holy of Holies. Okay, so that's really powerful. So um, that there's power in the blood of Jesus. Let's just go to Ephesians 1. Okay, so he says here um, in verse 6, he says, To the praise and glory of His grace, wherein He has He hath made us accepted in the Beloved, in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of His grace. So we were bought by the blood of Jesus. It's the price that was paid for us. It is our worth. It is what gives us value. It is what um, defines our value. Okay, so um, so that is the power of, of it. Let's just read Ephesians 1 verse 7 in the Amplified. It says, In Him we have redemption, deliverance and salvation through His blood, the remission forgiveness of our offenses, shortcomings and trespasses, in accordance with the riches and the generosity of His gracious favor, which He has lavished upon us in every kind of wisdom and understanding, practical insight and prudence. Verse 8. Okay. So, um, so that's the power of the blood of Jesus. He has bought us with His blood. We do not belong to sin. Uh, we belong to Jesus. So the blood of Jesus is a price that was paid for us, and we belong to God. And so when we have faith in that blood, there is power. And the power there is power in the blood of Jesus. Okay, so um, so I just bless you with that. I think it's a powerful, powerful word, and as we hear it, it will it will really give us life. That um, that we know that we've been bought. Let's see here in. Um, Colossians 1 verse 13, it says, The Father has delivered and drawn us to Himself out of the control and the dominion of darkness and has transferred us into the kingdom of the Son of His love, in whom we have redemption, our redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of our sins. Okay, so 
we have been bought, delivered from darkness, transferred into the kingdom of the Son of His love, in whom we have redemption through His blood, which means the forgiveness of our sins. So that forgiveness, sure, that's powerful, right? Um, that the blood of Jesus is, is, is the price, it's the currency that was given for our forgiveness. It is the, the sacrifice that was given for us to be free from sin, to be free from darkness, to live in the light of God. Okay, so that's really powerful, the forgiveness of sins. Um, yeah, Colossians 2 verse 14, having canceled and blotted out and wiped away the handwriting of the note bond with his legal decrees and demands, which was in force and stood against us, hostile to us. This note with its regulations, decrees and demands, he, he set aside and cleared completely out of our way by nailing it to the cross. God disarmed the principalities and powers that were ranged against us and made a bold display and public example of them in triumphing over them in him and in it, in him and in it. Okay, so the power of the cross, um, Jesus dealt with the law and every demand that was against us. And because of that, the enemy cannot use the law to accuse us because the law was satisfied with the blood of Jesus. It was fulfilled. And so that blood fulfilled um, the demands that was against us. Okay, so now we can simply have life in Christ. Okay. Um, Colossians 3 verse 3 it says for as far as this world is concerned you have died and your new real life is hidden with Christ in God okay so you are now in Christ it says verse 2 and set your mind and keep them set on that which is above the higher things not on the things that are on the earth so keep your mind set on the forgiveness of sins of the blood of Jesus of the fact that that you are not under the law, you are under grace. I hope this message blessed you. Have an amazing day.